0: Welcome to the Radical Relationships. Love podcast. You're here because you're awesome, and we like that. So sit back and enjoy the show.
1: Hey, it's Darlene and Kim.
0: I'm the Kim, and this is the Darlene. That's
1: true. I have been asked so many times one question over and over again when I go to, especially high schools and universities when I do my sexual integrity talks this that I thought I'd bring the question to Kim and the question is this um how do I know when I'm ready to start looking at a really serious relationship um because when I I talk to teenagers and young adults and privately i'll i'll talk to adults as well and they'll say how do i know when i'm ready because they they're very aware when they're not ready you know some people come right out of a relationship and go I, i'm not ready for another relationship yep, or they're do. or they're yeah not everyone's that self aware
0: no i mean i've met a lot of people that have, that think they're ready in fact the majority of the people think they're more ready than they are
1: right yeah, and sometimes people are just coming out of a huge grief cycle yeah. or they're just healing up from an addiction. Yeah. Those are the ones that concern me because they will say, you know, I'm I'm so different than I was and they're so excited and they have good reason to be excited because they are on a completely different path than they were a month ago. Yeah. Problem is they're not seeing the sustained difference.
0: Or they've had a couple of bad relationships and say, "I know what I don't want." Yeah. So now I know what I do want. So now I'll go get it. Right. Or I'm going to go pursue that kind of person. Not ever thinking, am I ready to do well in the context of marriage? Yeah. That's not a question I hear a lot of people asking. It's just, it's more of a, I'm attracted. She's available. He's available. Let's pursue a relationship. And then it turns into some of the most painful moments of life. Right. Relational chaos is what hurts the most. Relational connection is what heals the most.
1: It's true. But what kind of relational connection? The assumption is romantic will heal the romantic. Oh, yeah. A positive romantic relationship will heal the negative. Because that might be the narrative that's played out on TV shows. Even while people are still in painful relationships, they suddenly find the real love of their life.
0: You just need to find the right one. You know, I didn't find the right one. Right. or they weren't right for me. Right. We tried, we found out that it, we weren't compatible, so we broke up and now I'm pursuing somebody else. And many people are eternal optimists or romantics and it's like, oh, and it just feels so good, the process of finding oh, yeah. somebody, the process of being a drawn, yeah. infatuated. It's almost like that's that's the talk, that's the really uh, driving moment. I want that. Yeah. And so, some people are almost addicted to that moment—the Yes. The first few months, the first few weeks. Does he like me? Does she like me? Can I capture them? Can I? Can I win their trust? Can I? Can I? Can I? Can I? Oh, and so, that becomes almost the the object of affection. <laughs> I'm more in love with being in love than I'm than I'm able to actually do well at love.
1: Absolutely, there's a whole genre of books and TV shows that are all about the infatuation
0: stage. Is this Amish romance again?
1: No. (laughs) I have not read an Amish romance book, but I'm aware that that's a a large part of this. Yeah, that's
0: a a private joke we always enjoy. And if you're into Amish romance, you know what? Enjoy that.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, but the big part of attraction is heady stuff. Oh, yeah. And it feels so good. Um, And I think we have another... um, little video on just the infatuation yeah. stage it's and a big, how it's a powerful deal. that is, but also how blinding it is. So you and I have witnessed and possibly been part of, as we look back on our lives, uh, been part of relationships that are not ready mm-hmm. in any way, shape or form. And so I totally respect men and women who come to me and say, how do I know when I'm ready? Yeah. And that's, Ability to stop and ask the question shows a huge level of self awareness and an understanding of how very precious um, a a marriage is. Because we're still looking at the majority of people will say that at some point they want to be married. 95% of high school and college students polled will still say at some point they want to get married, maybe not right away, but some point down the line they want that person, they want their person. And they want that uniqueness uh, of and, and preciousness of that marriage institution to state of all the people in the world. This person wants to be with me.
0: Yeah, loyal, committed, lifelong relationship. Yeah, is the most healthy. Is the most where you get the most confidence. It's actually where family is is does well. Children do best in mm-hmm. that context. Mm-hmm. So people want it. They just don't know how to get it. Fair. So this whole thing started hmm, maybe fifteen. 20 years ago I was sitting down with a guy he's probably 25 and he asked a brilliant question he goes Kim how do I know when I'm ready to get married I want I want to pursue somebody but I I don't want to screw this up and I've seen so much carnage from my friends uh even family contact I've seen so much carnage I I just want to do this well how do I know when I'm ready to get married I'm like I don't know, man. I've never thought of that. Give me some time, and I'll get back to you, and we'll go out for lunch. And so
1: I do remember, though, you came in home and told me about that. And you said, he also mentioned, I'm a multimillionaire. Mm-hmm. By everyone else's standards, um, Finished my education. I'm wealthy, um, healthy. Uh, what's holding me back? Yeah, and he said, "I think I might be ready, but Kim, I have a feeling you might have some other steps <laughs> <Yeah>. in there." <laughs> is that, so is I that told him right?
0: first. I said, "No, you're not ready to get married, but I'm not quite sure why. Let me think of some thought." So that was the first time that that I or you actually gave thought what what does it take? Like we'd done lots of youth conferences by that point, and we talked about romance, but I'd never sat down. It's like, what does it take? Mm-hmm. And so what I brought to him and has been expanded till till t- 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 now was. Dude, I, I, I want to start with saying, I, w- I want you to know how to have a, a, a profound connection with Jesus. And so yeah. if you guys don't know, Darnie and I are, are followers and disciples of Jesus. And he was too. And I said, so the, the common faith, the common conviction about spiritual things. Because you can have two people saying, well, I'm spiritual. And somebody else goes, I'm also spiritual. Oh, we're on the same page. It's like, no. That doesn't necessarily mean on the same page. It could be. Uh, is Jesus the center of your spiritual journey? Some would say, well, no, I'm more of this religion or that religion. It's like, okay, we're, well, then we have different convictions. We have different core beliefs. We have different values. And, and the spiritual... You know, differentiation—that the spiritual miss is a significant one. So I said, "You're a follower of Jesus. That means a lot to you. So I want you to really know how to connect with Jesus really well, to the point where you can actually walk in peace, no matter what.
1: Because we believe a relationship with Jesus is not a religion.
0: Right. It's oh. not
1: a series of rules or no. check boxes.
0: We actually believe that religion killed Jesus, so it's not, yeah, religion is not not our friend in that context. Like you know, we know that James says pure religion is to is to care for widows and orphans. So there is a pure form of religion, but a lot of religion doesn't really help people connect with Jesus. It it can be just a bunch of rules. So for this guy, he's like, okay, well, I I really don't have. I want to grow in my relationship with Jesus so that I have some convictions that I stand on so I can bring that to the table.
1: And we found that the power of having a common, not just a belief, but a relationship with God yes. set us up to have a third party to go to Yes. who loved each one of us infinitely and was all wise. Yeah. So I remember times when... We would be arguing, you would leave the room, which was rare because usually I was the one who left the room, but you would leave the room and you would come back and do just the right thing. I remember the first time that happened, it was so irritating (laughs) to me. You sat down and you put your hand on my knee and you just said, I do want to hear what you have to say. And I turned to you and it was so out of character for you to respond that way that I said, you've gone and talked to God, haven't you? And you said, yeah, no, I was... I was so ticked off because you beat me to Jesus and Jesus <laughs> gave you such wise insight that just crumbled my wall yeah. of defense. So having that consistent and growing relationship with God is, is paramount. Now we, that's a whole other topic. We've heard many people say, you know, I, I don't think it's fair to force somebody else into this faith. And this is an awesome person. Mm-hmm. And, and they choose to, align themselves to partner with to marry someone who does not have that relationship with jesus
0: yeah we haven't found that to be work and so the big piece for me is like what what needs what do you need to to do well at relationship well you need a lot of love you need a lot of joy you need a lot of peace patience you need some patience a lot you're going to need some kindness gentleness would be actually really helpful Some goodness in you Some some long suffering and some self-control Now according to Galatians Chapter 5 those are all the that's there in the list of fruit of the Spirit. So if you want those fruits, then learn how to connect with Jesus in such a way where that relationship bears those fruits. So that's the first thing I told this guy, to to, to learn how to have a profound relationship with God. So these fruit are evident in your life so that when you get into a relationship and you find out that you're all out of love, you have a source, a person, a place to go to, to refill. You have a a source of of patience and kindness. It's a fruit of your connection, your abiding connection with Jesus. So that was the first one.
1: Otherwise, I come to you with my full weight of need, and you have to fill even the God-shaped vacuum within me, Yes, and that will crush
0: you. Yeah. If I have to meet all your emotional needs, the full weight of your emotional needs, uh, I will get frustrated, overwhelmed. It can turn codependent really quickly, which is like I'm dependent upon you for my well-being.
1: And you're dependent on me being happy for you to be happy.
0: And then I can go to enabling where I enable your behavior where, you know, you're the victim and you have to come to me to find peace and, and I need you and so if I can enable. So that gets into some really uh, interesting pathologies that that don't work for relationship long term. So that's why I have a, uh, I'm a powerful person on my own because I have a source that's not you.
1: Right. And that source is infinite. Yes. He never runs out of love, joy, peace, patience. I run out of it and I have a place to go to. Oh,
0: you never run out, darling. Oh, man.
1: (laughs) That's the first thing I realized when I got married is how-
0: I'm way over my head.
1: How how little patience I had or how, how, yeah. But the one thing I do want to mention, just, you know, it wasn't just a consistent growing relationship with God. It was for the last year minimum.
0: Right. So because it's not we, a new believer that's right. just kind of come in and going, "Oh yeah, I'm into Jesus. I, I've been I've been following yeah. Jesus for two weeks." Yeah. It's like, good, because <laughs> yeah. I mean anything can feel like infatuation for six months. But if you if you've developed that and actually been consistent for the last right. year, then I would say that that is a significant trans- transformation yeah. that we can rely on.
1: The importance of a, a sustained period of time allows a person to. If something goes wrong in that relationship, they're not going to ditch God because they're associating God with that new relationship. We found that happen several times. Mm-hmm. People would come to faith in Jesus, and then shortly after, they would have a wonderful romantic relationship with another believer. But if that believer um, broke up with them, it felt like they had they'd lost their entire foundation. Yeah, and they, they would break up, up with God. Almost. They broke up with God, yeah, and so, and so they- yeah.
0: Okay, cool. So the second thing uh, I said, the best place to, to practice relationship, the best place to practice connection, uh, learning how to share your heart is going to be same gender friendships. I said, how are your same gender friendships going? He's like, Whoa, I got friends. Is that, what do you mean? I go like, okay, how much of you do they know? Yeah. Have you shared shared your heart with them? Do they know your negative thoughts and feelings? Do they know your dreams? Do they know some of your secrets? He's like, no, that's not what we do. And I said, what do you do? He says, oh, sometimes we play cards and we watch football and we, we, we play. We go on adventures. We do fun stuff, right? And I'm like, okay, so if you want to get ready for marriage, then I want you to choose a couple of guy friends and I want you to start going to a deeper level of vulnerability, honesty, start sharing some of your negative emotions and he's like, ooh, really? I'm like, yeah, because that's gonna prepare you for marriage. If you've never done this before, marriage is gonna freak you out because all of a sudden you got somebody in your face going, what's going on? What are you feeling? What are you thinking? Right. And you're going, I don't know, I don't know. It's like, are you hiding something from me? <laughs> so so if marriage is intimacy, into me see, if that's what marriage is, then practice that before you get married. Right. Develop some awesome, deep, connected friendships where where i mean if you can go to 100% where they know all your thoughts, feelings, dreams, secrets, fears, all that kind of stuff is is kind of brought to the table and you're not walking around with secrets because anything left in the dark is where it's where the enemy rules like he rules in darkness. So i i love to bring everything out of the dark into the light where Jesus can get at it. And the way i do that is by is by being vulnerable with with my friends. And so i've got a group of friends out there that know 100% of my stuff. So I, that's been so so he was really going, "Whoa, this is I mm, I I I think I can do that. I think I got two friends that can go to that level." And then the third thing was I want you to learn how to manage conflict with these friends. I said, "What do you do with conflict right now with these friends?" He goes, "Oh, we kind of ignore it or we, you know, we'll punch each other in the arm or." I you mean, know, it's a, it's the common it's just a kind of a shallow friendship." I said, "Do you ever actually talk about these conflicts do you begin to process them do you manage them in a healthy way does the is the end result of that conflict a greater connection or a greater disconnection he's like oh probably a greater disconnection okay well then with these friends I want you to start to manage conflict so we had to go through a whole process of what do you do with conflict we're not going to do that right now but this is in that list you know it's like okay learn how to manage conflict in a healthy way Which is it's called emotional intelligence. I'm aware of my emotions and I manage them and my relationships in a healthy manner. Right. That's just what emotional intelligence is, which is what marriage requires. You know, when when somebody, when I bring my hopes and dreams and expectations to a person, I'm going to be disappointed at some point. They're not going to be everything I need. And then I'm going to have negative emotion when my attachment needs aren't met. What do I do with that? How do I actually manage that conflict? How do I actually talk to them about it? How do I, do I blame them? Do I accuse them? Do I hide? A lot of people stuff, you know, they're called snapping turtles where they'll like, they're just kind of gum into a turtle shell and then after they can't take it anymore, they'll just start snapping, right? Uh, and they just stuff it and stuff it until it becomes like a pressure cooker and all of a sudden the hot steam comes out the side because you can't handle the pressure anymore. That's how a lot of people deal with conflict. And it's not healthy. So learn how to do that with your same gender friendships to prepare you I mean, it's also so that you can have awesome friendships for the rest of your life. For sure. But it's to prepare you for that.
1: I would say that when I was a grad student and having different roommates, I would take my con- any conflict that arose from living together because there's always things that mm-hmm. you don't like. And I would just ignore it because I thought, you know, it's just a matter of months Or weeks left.
0: Oh, until we're... So let's
1: just let this go. And it is important to be able to differentiate Mm -hmm. between something that is an issue and something's not. But that did not serve me well in marriage. No. And our parents, as awesome as they were, they did not show us how to conflict.
0: No. I mean, my parents dealt with conflict behind closed doors. And so I never got a a model. I, I, I never saw anything about how to do it. So I came into marriage completely unaware and uninformed. And part of it's my responsibility. I never learned. I never pursued it. There were probably materials and courses I could have taken regarding conflict management, but I didn't do any of that because I didn't even know it was an issue.
1: And I was trained in it as a counselor. And didn't do it. So you can be brilliant at helping other people through.
0: <laughs> but never have to actually it do it yourself. comes down to
1: you. And you're looking at the person who's going to be with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Then suddenly my tolerance level for, you know, little things was not as, as well, high.
0: I was so shocked our first year. It's like... You're a counselor. Why are we still arguing? <laughs> well, I know. And, how come we don't know how to do this? And
1: why do we dread weekends where we have to spend incredibly long <laughs> periods of time together, just the two of us? Because something was going to come up. And oh, something. I do love that John Gottman doesn't talk about resolving conflict as much as managing it. Yes. So that that's huge. So understanding that not all cl- conflicts can be resolved, just understanding that being able to talk about things that are frustrating you. Mm -hmm. There's no guarantee that that will end well, but if you have no experience or little or only negative experience going into marriage, it's not going to go well for you. It did not go well for us. That was the one area that I long, we could, that we could press rewind.
0: Yeah. So to learn that before can save you a ton of pain. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's like you you get into your crazy cycle of, you know, one person doesn't feel respected, therefore they withhold love, and the person doesn't feel love, and they hold withhold respect. And so it just gets into this crazy cycle. So that was uh, the next one. And beyond that, I said, how, um, I'd love to find out, you know, the, for, and for you to do some homework on whether or not you have demonstrated the ability to leave your parents and to cleave to your spouse. And so leave behind old hurts, any unforgiveness, any parental patterns that you're bitter about. Uh, do you know how to he- establish healthy boundaries? Do you have a, a respectful ability to say no and set limits uh, and stick to those limits? And so he's kind of looking at me with a blank stare going, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know that I'm bitter against my parents, but I have never thought about any of these. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, he was kind of living the unexamined life. And so when it came to me, it was all of a sudden like, I got a lot to work through. Yeah. And so, I mean, a few more that said, once, once you've worked through these things, I'd love to get either your parents or somebody you trust. Could be me. Could be anybody else to give you a green light that you actually are ready mm-hmm. to marry. So somebody that's kind of in an authority place that knows you really well and you can sit down and say, I've worked through all these. Uh, am I ready to, to start pursuing uh, some, a woman for, for marriage?
1: A front row person.
0: Oh, yeah, it's a whole nother concept, but somebody that you trust and somebody that, that you want their voice to have power in your life, and so, so we talked about that. And then but we. But then talked you
1: have to be vulnerable with that person. They have to know you can't just put on the nice face because then their their thumbs up right. doesn't mean much.
0: No, if it's just somebody who happens to be in authority, but doesn't know how you operate and know, yeah. So absolutely. And then we talked about uh, you know do you have any addictions in your life. Whether it's you know gaming addictions, internet uh, addictions, porn addictions, alcohol addictions, substance abuse—do you have any addictive behavior that you want to deal with? Mm-hmm. Uh, shopping, whatever—I I mean, it doesn't really matter what the form of addiction takes. But he, and it, so at that point, he didn't really have any addictive behaviors. But so if you do, uh, we would want you to work that through and then be free for a year. Otherwise, at you're going to bring that addiction into your marriage, and your spouse will pay the price.
1: Addictions don't share.
0: No, they, they don't, share. don't And no, they,
1: they win out. They won't compete with relationships. And I often say to people, look, it's not personal if you're in a relationship with someone with an addiction. Of course it feels personal, mm. but it's not personal. The addiction will win. It's a, a circuiting, a, a wiring of their brain that just says, I have to have this even if it costs this relationship. Yeah. And in their sober moments, in their thoughtful moments, you know, they, they would never say that that's true but the evidence is, is they're turning to the addiction rather than to yeah. a healthy way of living. Yeah. So.
0: so the latest science on addiction just says it's it's about attachment needs, and people don't know, really know how to attach, and so they're looking to either medicate or to, to feel the high, mm-hmm. and so they'll move towards the addiction because they don't know how to attach. And so that then we would like, do you know how to act? do you know what your attachment needs are? Yeah. Do you know how to set your friends up for success by? By asking them uh, to do things or to say things that would actually meet your attachment needs. And so that became a whole other realm. So he was feeling pretty discouraged right. by this point. Well, it's I mean, like, the, the, oh, I got, I got. Right okay I believe in Jesus or whatever but I don't really have that kind of relationship I don't have those kind of friends I don't really know how to share my heart I don't really don't know how to manage conflict I really don't know how to 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 set happy or healthy boundaries ability to say no set limits I don't know how to 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 work through my attachment needs so we went to the last one and and it said he said I said okay Had you do you know how to you have the ability to provide financially for your family? And he goes, "Yes, I got that one, right? So he left a little little bit encouraged because he had that one. Uh, so that's kind of where we went.
1: So when I work this through with women, they've some women are still thinking in, you know, in terms of old school, why would I need the ability to provide financially for my family? I would want to be, you know, just a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. But that would have to be that agreement with your husband. And if you're not dating yet, and you you don't know where that where he's at, you don't know if he's in going to be in grad school or going right. to or gonna be going through med school. You also don't know what's going to happen in the future. If there would be anything that would happen to him, would you be able to support your kids? Mm-hmm. Or would you be struggling with us, simply a high school diploma right. to be able to support the family. So the ability to provide financially is, is not only about money. It's, it's about, um, goals yep. and calling, s- destiny. calling, if you don't know where you have, if you have no idea, if you're completely aimless in terms of what you want to do with your life, that's a tough place. To join with somebody else and say, "Hey, want to go with me into the great unknown? Yeah, wander it's, the
0: desert with me." It is. sounds
1: really romantic, and it can work out. Huh? But we've also met couples where one has a serious call to the to the mission field. They'll yeah. call it like yeah. they'll say, "I'm called to overseas, or I'm called to work for nonprofits," or, and the other yeah, one is saying, "Wait, are, yeah. wait, I I really want to live in the burbs, and I want this standard of lifestyle, yeah. and that wait wait." And that is, again, that's a values clash, but that could have been avoided if that that was communicated early on. Now, some people, I would say, have a real confidence about their goals and what they want very early on. Others won't really know until they've had some work and life experience. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that it's not okay to date, it's... If you're going to get serious with anybody, you are putting yourself unnecessarily at a disadvantage mm-hmm. and possibly carrying a whole bunch of baggage from family or lack of ability to be vulnerable mm-hmm. or work through conflict into that relationship. And it all just starts showing up after marriage. Now, there are no guarantees. No. no but even
0: if you do all of these. Things could really get difficult. Okay? Yes. But now, life but, is
1: difficult enough.
0: Yeah. So, so, why so bring... get as prepared as you can. Deal with as much as you can. Now, some of that kind of stuff might come up in premarital counseling, calling, destiny, all kind of but stuff.
1: let's just say we've done enough premarital counseling to see that for the most part, people are walking in with stars stuck in their eyes. They're prepping for the wedding. Yeah,
0: they're focused on the wedding day and not really preparing for the marriage together.
1: Which is why we're a huge fan of pre-engagement, yeah. Counseling.
0: Pre-engagement counseling rocks.
1: I would have to say though, if you look at this list, and we're, we're going to post online because we created this little slide for, for presentations that we do. If you look at this list and you say, "Oh man, I have to, I have to work through this stuff before marriage." Look, this isn't about marriage. This is about life.
0: Yeah. This is this will be good if you never get married. If
1: you never get <laughs> married, you are in an awesome position. This is healthy. It's just healthy living. Yeah. Right. And. It's actually amazing that you were able to put it down to these, to compress this down to these.
0: So the White. end of the story is, he really went after this. Yeah. He, he, got two he was a goal-oriented
1: guy, which yeah. is why he was a millionaire by the time yeah, yeah. he was 25. So
0: he found two friends, and he said, I want to go to the next level of our relationship. And the friend's like, what do you mean by that? What does this look like? <laughs> he goes, I want to actually talk about some of my negative emotion. And these friends were willing. So he really went to a deep place with these friends. Yeah. And he said it was the most satisfying friendships he, he'd have a, he had up until that point.
1: Which is huge, because I remember entering in marriage... And you still wanted to have guy friends. Yes. I don't mean like take off for days at a time or every Unless you're going hunting. No, no, that's fine. Right. No, but you still wanted guy friends. And I had seen my parents really, they had wonderful friends, but they were really just, each other was their best friend. And it was so healthy for you to have guy friends, me to have girlfriends, that it actually enhanced our marriage.
0: Totally. So he actually pursued guy friends. He pursued his relationship with God. He started to deal with any kind of stuff he had with his parents. He learned how to create boundaries. He learned how to manage conflict. He, he learned how to, 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 to have trusted authority where he was fully known, fully loved. And so within six months, he asked for a green light. He said, do I have a green light? And so a few of us started talking. It's like, hey, let's, let's ask him more questions. And uh, soon after that, we actually sat down with him and said, we actually want to give you the green light to pursue a romantic relationship. And within six months, he had found a girl. And within a year, he was married. And so obviously, that's a great story. And, and maybe we should call Harma a hallmark. But um, it really works to get yourself healthy yeah. so that you can do ri- uh, 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 phenomenally. At an intimate relationship, most of us have not been trained what to do with negative emotion. We've not been trained how to share our hearts. We've not been trained how to manage conflict. So learn. Find somebody. Learn, yeah. Find whether somebody it's a book who's good or, at it. Or yeah, find somebody who's good at these kind of things and say, teach me. Yeah. And then, and then, as you pursue this, you're going to be. I, I am so. I've got. I've got so much more purpose. I've got so much more peace. This is really working for me. And bonus. I am now ready to, to pursue marriage. and I mean, I, there's nobody married that would, that would say, don't do any of these. Right. Everyone who's married would go, yeah, we wish we would have done more of this before we got married. So, so pursue that and you'll, you'll never regret it.
1: I think it's so great to have goals um, and, and you can get really bent out of shape over them. But when you have goals, you're setting yourself up in a really positive way to get what you've been dreaming of. So the question is, what do you want and what are you willing to do to get it? And if you would show this list to, let's say a guy or a girl who's, you know, interested in you and they're saying, Hey, you want to, you know, take this relationship, the next step you want to start dating and you show this list to them and they're like, nah, nah, to any of these, right right? back up the truck (laughs) because they're not willing to do the work and do and, and, by now, you've probably heard, if you're listening to this podcast from numerous other sources, you've you've heard how much work marriage is. Yeah. But I would have to say every relationship takes energy. Good relationships take energy. Bad relationships take energy. I think
0: they even take more energy.
1: It just depends where you want. Where to Where do I your want energy. to invest
0: that energy? And so Absolutely. invest it before you get married, so that you don't have to bring your baggage. People talk about I don't want to bring my baggage into marriage. Well, what does that mean, and what are you going to do about that? Specifically, what does that mean? Yeah. And so here's just a list for you to go check, check, check. Am I am I bringing some baggage into my my potential one day hopeful marriage? Uh, and if I am, then I get to deal with that. I get to. Per, you know, I mean, friends are free at this point, you know. So work it out. Work these things out with your friends. Yeah. And if you you and your friends need some help, find a great counselor to say, could you help us learn how to manage conflict? Is there a book that you would recommend? You know, it's like to make this a priority so that you walk in and you say, I do. And then when you say, I do, you actually know you can.
1: So important. Because there is no magic flip of a switch that you can hit no. when you say I do in front of the congregation.
0: No. No, right? no yeah. I said I do and then I walked into first year of marriage and was like, oh I can't. <laughs> it's not a chance. I don't right. know. I, I don't, have a, I don't right. know what I'm doing. Right.
1: Well and in that specific area of managing conflict, I would say that you did really well in the other ones. But the managing conflict, um, it's like we promised to work through things with each other and be there for each other in hard times. Our vows
0: were awesome,
1: but we hadn't. It's like promising to run a marathon, yeah. and you can't even run a couple blocks without throwing up, right? Because you're so winded. Yeah. and and that. Or
0: tomorrow I will speak to you, my Russian friend in Russian. It's yeah. like no, I won't. <laughs> yes, yeah. like... I,
1: I promise. I really want to yeah. intent. Is not worth
0: anything. So the, the vows and the, and the I do's are important because they're the intent. Learn how to do this before you say I do.
1: Okay, I back up. Intent is worth something. But it is not yeah. the same thing. Is actually consistent right. hard work of prepping yourself. And you'll never be sorry no. for any of these. No. Why would you be sorry for a growing relationship with Jesus? Why would you be sorry for ha- developing great friendships where you learn to give and receive love? Why would you ever be sorry about learning to manage conflict? I mean, whatever job you're in... You will get paid more. You will have better oh, yeah. retention of staff or whatever. Um, why would you ever be disappointed about learning to forgive or to set boundaries, yes. healthy boundaries totally. with your family or to provide financially or be freedom from f- free from addictions? Like none of these are, oh, well, I don't know.
0: No, this is just basically a list of learning how to become more emotionally intelligent, yeah. which does actually, if you want to get promotions at work, become more emotionally intelligent. You want to have more peace and more confidence in life? Learn how to become emotionally intelligent. And my source of emotional intelligence, again, is, is, is Jesus. Because I, as I move towards him, he's the most emotionally intelligent person I've ever met. So he knows me. He actually calls me and by his spirit. So it, it's it's really good. But this is this is just a phenomenal way of saying, I want to grow up. I want to learn how to be mature and complete, lacking nothing.
1: So I have one question for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And maybe we'll end with this. What about the person who says, look, I found the one and we'll work through these things together. <laughs> we'll learn and grow together.
0: I guess my question is, how much do you want to hurt this person that you love so much? We get to decide in who we're going to disappoint. We get to decide in who we're going to hurt. And if I'm bringing my baggage into a relationship, I am saying, this is going to hurt you. I don't know what to do with, with my negative emotion that's going to hurt you. I don't know what to do with conflict. That's going to hurt you. So, if you're okay with hurting this person that you absolutely adore, then move forward. But if you're going, "Oh, I don't want to hurt them
1: unnecessarily."
0: Then pause the relationship and say, "Let's fi- I want to I want to I want to repair some of these things that are broken before I put more weight Onto, onto this journey
1: Before I run this marathon with yeah, you I, wanna... I think I need to buy some sneakers <laughs> yeah. Maybe run some blocks
0: Yeah, and... I need to prepare for this yeah. You know, and if, I, if I've got a broken leg Because I don't know what to do with my conflict Or don't know what to do with my negative emotion Or don't know what to, you know, all that kind of stuff It's like, I don't want to enter this marathon with you With this baggage or with this brokenness So, so if you want to hurt them Continue on and rush into the relationship If you don't go, you know what, I am so into you Wow but I need to pause this right now because I got to work on something. Can we reconnect in a, in a romantic way in six months? You know, let's, let's go do group dates and let's hang out and you know, whatever, not too much. Cause then your heart just gets all wrapped up, but then just make that next six months, a real focused area of, I want to grow up. I want to become the kind of person that would, that would really do well with that, that kind of person that I fall in love with. I want to love them really well. I don't want to hurt them every day.
1: Oh, that's really good. Okay, I have another question. <laughs> I knew it would happen that way. So, what about the person who said, Look, everyone's pairing up. There aren't gonna be any good ones left. I mean, they're all my friends I are, are getting married. I'm the bridesmaid or I'm the groomsman at all these weddings. And some of my friends are even having kids. I, oh, how am I ever gonna catch up? I gotta get in this game. I mean, I, I, I'm getting left <laughs> behind. It is lonely.
0: We've heard that from 18-year-olds, we've heard that from 16-year-olds, we've heard that from 21-year-olds, 24-year-olds, 25-year-olds, 35-year-olds, 45-year-olds, and it's just like, you know what, there are really good people out there asking the same, or, or concerned about the same thing, you know, and we have seen people that, that have waited till they're 35 to get married, and they're like, wow. I have found the person that I dreamt of. I, I'm so glad that I didn't rush into something or didn't compromise on this just because I was lonely. You know, if, if loneliness is one of your common negative emotions, learn to form a circle of friends and learn how to connect with Jesus so that you're not walking around lonely. Otherwise, you're going to be hungry and you're just you're just going to go with whatever walks by. That's, that's warm and interesting. Because <laughs> you know? it's
1: about the
0: marriage. Yeah. So it's like, okay, yeah, that... And, and, and that does take a bit of trust, you know. And so, obviously, Darnie and I have been, have been married for 33 years. And so, it's like, it can be easy to go, what do you guys know about being single? It, it is not an easy. We do, we do work with a, and talk with a lot of singles. And I, I can't, I'm not telling you, oh, just do this and you'll be fine. It's like, no, it, there is a real struggle. There's a cultural pressure. There's family pressure. There's internal pressure. There's biological clocks. There's all this kind of stuff going on. But do you trust God? Do, do can I say, okay, Jesus, will you teach me? And what we find is that people that that that, that really start to—I'm not on a hunt, I'm a, I'm on a I'm on a hike. <laughs> and if I find somebody on this journey that I really want to work with, and I've gone through all these kind of things, working through this list will make you really attractive to quality people. It's true. Not to not really attractive to people that want one night stands, but really attractive to quality people. And then you go, wow! I, there, there are so many people out there that that actually are in a similar journey to me. That want quality relationship, want high attachment, want somebody that they can they can trust, somebody with integrity, uh, somebody who's dealt with their baggage. And so it's just it becomes this. Okay, I want to do everything I can do to be ready for that, and then not not to you know learn how to manage my loneliness with my friends and with Jesus, so that I'm not walking around hungry.
1: So good. Thanks for doing this with me. Yeah,
0: pleasure. Thanks for enjoying the Radical RadicalRelationships.love podcast. If you want to check out any of our multiple resources or get in contact with us, feel free to check out RadicalRelationships.love.